0: How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to The Gaming Observer for Wednesday, February the 10th. Folks, we have so much news today, it's ridiculous. I apologize, we might be going a little bit longer than usual, so let's jump right in. First things first, we have to talk about Riot Games, because the CEO, Niccolo Laurent, is facing a lawsuit for sexual harassment against his former assistant, Sharon O'Donnell. O'Donnell is also seeking damages for discrimination, environment harassment, and a failure to pay wages. Now, I'm not going to be describing the specific details, so I don't believe I need to provide a trigger warning other than saying, I will be talking about a general hostile work environment. If you would like the details, please read the articles online, there's an especially good one from Vice. But needless to say, the lawsuit does give specific situations in which O'Donnell was sexually harassed, and claims that she was fired as a result of her refusal and resistance. She also claims that she was not paid for all of the time that she worked, or the overtime, and was not given breaks for food. Now, according to Riot Games' spokesperson, a special committee is going to be dealing with the investigation that does not include the CEO, in collaboration with an outside law firm. And one thing that they did respond to was this, quote, One subject we can address immediately is the plaintiff's claim about their separation from Riot. The plaintiff was dismissed from the company over seven months ago based on multiple well-documented complaints from a variety of people. Any suggestion otherwise is simply false." End quote. You'll please forgive me if I don't believe them, this isn't the first time that Riot has come face-to-face with these issues. And the company is still in the middle of a gender discrimination lawsuit following a Kotaku expose in late 2018. They have tried to take it out of the courts multiple times, they tried to settle the case for $10 million dollars, And then somebody else stepped in and said, wait a second, these plaintiffs actually deserve upwards of $400 million. And to the public, they've been emphasizing their improvements in workplace culture ever since. Obviously, today's lawsuit is going to be a major step back in that process. Of course, I'll keep you updated on these stories as they develop. CD Projekt has become the target of a cyber attack, which they made public on Twitter today. The hackers actually left a ransom note, blackmailing CD Projekt, threatening to release all of the information that they acquired, which included information from accounting, administration, HR, etc. And instead of falling for that, CD Projekt went to the authorities, they made it public, and they said that to the best of their knowledge, quote, the compromised systems did not contain any personal data of our players or users of our services, end quote. So, like I said, they notified the authorities, they restored their backups, and they're obviously heading into disaster preparation at this point. I mean, obviously, just a sucky situation all around. Uh, I do hope that everybody in the company is able to stay safe, that player data is safe, and that the attackers are held accountable for their actions. Once again, I'll keep you updated on this story if anything comes out from it. The review embargo has lifted for Little Nightmares 2. It also did for Persona 5 Strikers, but I'm going to leave that until tomorrow because the release date is still two weeks away. But uh, anyway, reviewers are saying that Little Nightmares 2 is visually, narratively, and mechanically very similar to its predecessor, the first game. You do control a new protagonist, and the protagonist from the first game is actually a companion in this one. And there's mechanics around having a second person around. It keeps its spooky atmosphere, of course, it's a very spooky game. And it has impeccable sound design. And the length is apparently only a little bit longer at around 5 or 6 hours. Now, Eurogamer's Vicky Blake said something that really resonated with me about the first game, quote, I reckon Little Nightmares is peerless. There's not another studio that so flawlessly tickles my penchant for the macabre, and no other series where every single vignette is a pixel-perfect masterpiece. I fell for the debut game's striking, dreamlike design and grim tale completely and utterly, but it was an adventure I simultaneously loved and loathed. As a spectator, Little Nightmares is achingly perfect. As a player, however, its clumsy platforming and opaque signposting make for an infuriating experience. Now, I think that the negatives there are a little strong. As someone who has played that game, but she ultimately concludes that how you felt about the first game is how you're going to feel about the second. And to her, the mechanics got in the way of a beautiful game. Now, I read a lot of other reviews. I would say that this was a less of an issue with many of them. Uh, From Ryan Brown at the Mirror, here's what they concluded about the game. Quote. Little Nightmares 2 has taken apart its predecessor and truly, masterfully built upon it. I went in expecting another fun, dark puzzle platformer, but I did not expect it to be on the level that it's at. Little Nightmares 2 is style and substance. It's smart, gorgeous, horrific, and against all odds, it's one of the best horror games I've ever played. End quote. So anyway, like I said, the first Little Nightmares is probably one of my favorite games that I've played recently, so I highly encourage you to check these games out if you ever get the chance. It's very similar to something like Limbo or Inside. The sequel will be releasing on all of the expected platforms this Thursday. Ubisoft reported on their quarter three financials today, and CEO Yves Gamo called it their strongest quarter in company history. So this is the holiday period late last year. They brought in $1.2 billion in bookings. That's up 120%. And of course, thanks to a bunch of new releases, right? They had Watch Dogs Legion, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Immortals Phoenix Rising, and Just Dance 2021. Considering all of those games got delayed from a previous day, and Ubisoft had a slow past couple of years, this performance was inevitable. And uh, the cliff notes here is that Assassin's Creed Valhalla did the financially biggest launch in franchise history, and Just Dance had its best launch in six years. They're very optimistic for the future, and they've got a lot more games on the way. Expect big things from Ubisoft. Folks, we are so totally out of time, and I am over time. Believe it or not, I have way more things to talk about. I might push some of it to tomorrow. My friends, thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow, and until then, happy gaming, everyone. Hey, it's the TGO After Show. Could you tell that I was rushing there? God, there, there's even more to talk about. Hopefully tomorrow will be a slow news day, and I can just gently push some of those other stories forward. Maybe I gave a little bit more time to Little Nightmares 2 than I needed to, but I I really did want it to get its due diligence because that was a tremendous game. There's some accessibility issues there. I think one of the one of the missions in that game requires audio cues. So that's a little disappointing, but otherwise, I mean, if you're looking for atmosphere, that's your game. And if you're looking for horror without, I don't know, it's not really at least the first game, I wouldn't call it horror necessarily as much as it is just spooky because it it has a, a like Uh, Okay, never mind. I take it all back. It it definitely is horror. But it's not my version of horror that, like, scares me when I watch movies and stuff. Like, I wouldn't call it scary. I would just call it creepy, I guess. And they really figured it out, you know? Like, the sound and the visuals. The whole world is bigger than you by a matter of, like, a hundred times or something like that. And the characters are so, like, Tim Burton-y. Anyway, definitely play it. Uh, here's another thing I can talk about that I probably won't push to tomorrow. Anthem. So Jason Schreier, who is a journalist known for getting a lot of internal scoops, works at Bloomberg right now, formerly of Kotaku. Uh, He has reported that Electronic Arts is going to be having like an internal meeting. And you know, they've been working on Anthem 2.0 basically ever since it released and it was a disaster. And so they put 30 people onto fixing this game and making it probably something profitable. Actually, I think Anthem was profitable. I think they made all their money back on that game, but obviously it was meant to be a game as a service and the PR wasn't very good. So anyway, they've been working on this new version of the game for a while and now they're going to come together and say, are we going to nix the game totally or are we going to keep going and release it to the public? I do hope that it actually does move forward if the development has actually been going well. There's a lot of games that have a, a, a deep history of PR disasters and then recovering from it, right? And I think everybody should be able to have that opportunity. You think of something like, uh, obviously, No Man's Sky was a big one. Final Fantasy XIV literally took themselves off of the market and relaunched. That was a big thing. And now both of those games are highly well regarded, right? So maybe next year, two years from now, we could be talking about how amazing Anthem is. You never know. But hopefully they get that chance instead of just calling it quits. The reason I'm not talking about it on the new show is because... I'll just talk about it when they make the decision, right? That's the more interesting bit. Uh, All right, folks. Thank you so much for being here. I won't take up any more of your time. Until tomorrow. Farewell.